Welcome to tonight's episode of Myths and Stories, uh, hosted by myself, Mythborn, and Zori Alice. Uh, 10,000 views! <laughs> we, tonight we are going over the uh, third and final part of our Light and Darkness uh, series. And uh, as, as Zor just said, uh, tonight is also kind of special because we have officially hit our 10,000 all-time listens goal, uh, which is pretty fucking insane. Never, never would have thought that this would have happened. I am over the moon with it. I, the, 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 when Myth, it, so this happened yesterday, Sunday, and Myth sent me a, a picture as I was waking up, and I was just like, holy shit, we did it. Like, I don't <laughs> Yay us! And yay you! Because you guys make it possible. So yeah, mm-hmm. yay. No, absolutely. Uh, clearly, we would not have hit 10,000 views without viewers or listens i guess uh we, we so... call it view. you can view stuff with your ear holes right <laughs> I, I, sure yeah <laughs> uh but just you know thank you for enjoying Absolutely. our craziness and you know continuing to to offer support in in that way that's awesome and it uh gives us reasons to to keep doing this thing and we plan to keep doing this thing for you know Another ten thousand and more. So, forever. We're, we're gonna keep things going tonight. Uh, when we last left off, we had just discussed the uh, kind of more in depth of the witness slash the winnower and kind of their philosophy behind things, how they believe. Uh, the the their you know way compares to the way of the gardener slash traveler and why they think they're the one that's in the right and the one that uh matters at the end of the day um and we we did confirm that i mean i say we confirmed that the winner is the witness they these are the same person unless some kind of other evidence comes out in the future that suggests otherwise, but the fact that both the witness and the winnower have directly referred to Oryx as being, yep. you know, subservient to them, yep. uh, seems to imply that this is the same entity speaking in both narrations. Um, similarly, we are contributing the traveler to the gardener uh mostly just because we don't we don't have anything else it could be and that just makes sense uh again maybe we'll have info later that says otherwise but for the time being that's the the assumption that we're operating under that's that's what we're going with yeah and uh it also makes sense because you know the the witness directly addresses the traveler in the post witch queen campaign uh cinematic you know, speaking right. to the traveler, saying like, "You have no more pieces left to play. Uh, you know, this is this is the end. No more life. No more death." Um, which, you know, why speak to something if it isn't the like like you know, your nemesis. the enemy that you're that you're yeah, yeah. competing against? So, 
uh, just to give a very quick rundown, I'm not going to go over the, the witness slash winnowers um, ideology in full and all their arguments and all that. Um, but generally speaking, the winnower sees the continuation of life as suffering if that life has not proved its right to exist above anything else that's existing in the universe. And so it sees itself as a savior, as it has told us before, because it is coming to end that unneeded suffering in its eyes. Because uh, every time the, the game was played, the Vex were the final thing, and, and the winner was like, see, this is, that's, the rules are working. Full mm -hmm. stop. Yeah, the winner essentially takes the ideal of survival of the fittest on a cosmic scale and to the extreme. Not only is it survival of the fittest, it is the only thing that can survive is the fittest in the universe, period. Um, Full stop. And that's, that's just the philosophy that it uh, operates under because that is the philosophy that it has seen play out in countless universes before ours over and over again. And any attempt to circumvent that result, uh, it sees as, you know, uh, just again, causing unneeded suffering to those things that you're, that would have otherwise ended already. Like a, like a perversion to what should happen. Yeah. Now, from the traveler's point of view, or, or the gardener's point of view, their argument, at least as told in the unveiling book, which is worth mentioning, is narrated from the darkness's point of view, from the winnower's point of view, um, is that, that that cycle of always ending up with one thing that is superior, that snuffs out everything else, means that there is no chance for possibilities or growth or uh, anything to come from the complexity of a universe because it always ends in the same way over and over and over. And that's why uh, the gardener introduced paracausality or paracausal powers in, in the form of the light, and then the witness uh, did so uh, as, its, as its equal and opposite in the form of the dark. And uh, to offer a rule that changes the game and the gardeners of the, uh, the thought process that that is going to produce a different result. And the winnower is of the thought process that you're just prolonging the inevitable. So that's where those two were at and, and kind of a very quick r rundown of, of where we were with their ideologies from last episode. And so uh, this episode, we're going to dive into the Traveler slash Gardener itself and dig look at some lore cards that maybe inform us uh, of what its thought process is in why it stuck with humanity and um, kind of what its goals may be going forward. And then yeah. we're also going to talk about the ghosts themselves. What are they? What what are their connections to the Traveler? Uh, kind of the ghost ideology around everything, which I think has uh, 
there's always been some room for interpretation, but is kind of in everyone's face now that they're some of them have aligned with the hive. Uh, <laughs> the the ghosts have a little more free will than I think uh, a lot of us realized prior to now. So yeah. So well, let's start with the with the most pressing question: mm-hmm. What the hell is the traveler? So the short answer is we don't know. <laughs> uh, okay. okay. <laughs> Check mark solved. Next question. <laughs> yep, yep. That one's done. Next on the line. No. Uh, so the the traveler, as we see it in the city, um, there's a lot of allegories for it. There's a lot of uh, a lot of metaphor that's thrown around, especially from the winnower in relation to it. It calls it like an eggshell that we have to break free yeah. of, um, you know, or or a prison that it's keeping yep. us prisoner with the light. Um, those are the communications that was sending Eris during the season of arrivals. But we don't know a whole lot about the Traveler because unlike the Winnower, who has been very talkative to us, uh, it has said absolutely nothing. Literally zero. I, I feel like the Winnower is like the best Bond villain. Right, that he's just <laughs> telling you all the plans because he's like, you're gonna lose anyway. But then, like, for whatever reason, we have the traveler that's just like, nah, nah, nah. But then, not like, not even, not even like, refuted or or disputed or anything. Just sit there and be like, nah, nah. So there, I've got some. I do have some thoughts about that, though, about why that okay. might be the approach that the gardener is taking. So the traveler has uh, ideology or, or it's gamble as stated by the witness again. So maybe unreliable narrator is that given power over physics and the trust of absolute freedom, people will choose to build and protect a gentle kingdom ringed in spears and not fall to temptation and not surrender to division and never yield to the cynicism that says everyone else is so good that I can afford to be a little evil. And, and I think that that statement, if we're to take it at face value, is that the traveler gives us power over physics with the trust of absolute freedom. And that might mean freedom in the sense of there is no direction. The traveler is not... actively telling us what to do or not do because in order for its philosophy to be correct we have to arrive at its idea of utopia on our own now the universe needs to naturally get to that point to prove that the traveler was right that the gardener was right and the winnower was wrong you know if, if it leads us there you know that's not the universe finding its natural order. Yeah, it's it's literally it's cheating. It's it it. In the one hand, it's already created its it, <laughs> in this little g- game that they're playing. It's already created its own rule. It's already said, you know what? I don't like your rules. I don't like how this game is being played. I think that uh, things are getting snuffed out, and and not just that things are getting snuffed out, but things that that we could learn from, things that we could gain knowledge from, or you know, gain something from is being snuffed out before we can even mm-hmm. see it start. And and so because it wants to see that complexity, that's where it created the whole paracausal stuff, where it was just like, screw this, I'm making my own rules, and 
maybe I'll go ahead and go in there and and keep an eye on him. And that's 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 where they that's where he and the and the and the uh, uh, the witness, uh, <laughs> for lack of a better term, join the game uh, <laughs> uh, and put themselves into our universe. Uh, but but like you were saying, if if the traveler were to directly um, interact um, with the the beings that are that are being given this paracausal ability that would show influence and that would show uh like pushing in a direction right so any anything like that to me can be like a oh well you're just you're you're just like at least from the winnower side could be looked at as well you're just you're just playing by your own rules again you're not even you're not even following the rules of the game anyway and and now you've created this other rule and now you're just pushing this rule along but it's interesting to think of that and then to think of the winnower himself and who he's giving powers to and how much the things that he's giving power to are actively worshiping him and and seeing him as the as this almighty being and and he's having a very direct influence on everything it feels like yeah and i I think that's an important distinction um because actively worshiping him is not necessarily mean that he's directly influenced them because we have right people right 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 worshiping the traveler yep uh but the fact that he is talking back and telling them this is what you should do this is what i need you to do he's sending his disciples on missions like rook babysitting Savathun or sending him uh to the the planet that I'm forgetting the name of now that um produced Un who we oh, think is Oon. another yep. disciple. Yep. Um the the Ashlids I think was the the race. Yeah. He's taking a much more direct approach on uh, yeah. in in how he's trying to go about his his mission. Which to me that that would that would to me that would be like well he's breaking his own rules. Right, like that—that's maybe not his own rules. Maybe he's breaking the the original rules of the idea of adding the extra rule of paracausality to the game. Yes, and I know no. that was a big—that um, was a big mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> I think the the winnower is of a very different mindset. The winnower didn't agree to the rules that the traveler is his. That's right. You know, kind of set forth. Um, yeah. I think the winnower is is go, is is in the the stance of you know I don't care what your rules are or what you're trying to do I'm trying to correct what you are getting wrong. Uh, that's a that's an interesting way to look at it too. He's coming at it as a like I'm doing what I need to do to fix the universe because you yeah. are you are breaking it. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. And and to get it back to that end state to yeah. get it back to that final shape end state of. Hey, the, the, these universes were doing exactly what they were supposed to be doing, and now you, now you, the traveler, are screwing it up. So I'm just trying to uh, remedy that and 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 make this thing come back to that final shape. So I also think there's some additional uh, information that that can also lead us to why the traveler is not directly interacting with us. Um. I don't have the lore card pulled up because I literally just thought of it, but there is a lore card uh, that references a scientist talking about 
essentially say, saying that they don't know what the traveler's thinking, uh, which would sure. indicate to me back in the golden age, which would indicate to me even back then it didn't communicate. Um, and that, I mean, that would lead more, more, more credence to that idea that it's not, it, it, it's not going to interfere. Like it's, it's going to see how these, it's, it's literally there as an observer just to make sure that this extra rule that it's added doesn't break the universe. Yeah. And uh, there's also, I think, even if it wanted to at this point in time, I don't think it can anymore, or at least not. Because wasn't there something about... Really. Um, wasn't so, there something about the Traveler's voice being taken or something? Yeah, there or was am I a, crazy? A, no, there was definitely a lore card reference to the Traveler's like tongue being cut out. You know, not yeah. literally. Um, I don't have that one in front of me, but what I do have in front of me that's along the same lines is an excerpt from the Shadowkeep Collector's Edition journal. Um, and that one uh, actually kind of talks about, we, we, you know, we're inferring here, but these entries from that journal uh, kind, could describe kind of the, the process of the Traveler arriving in Seoul all the way to it fighting the darkness uh, for the, okay. the original collapse. So those entries go as such. This has been such a long chase. This will be the place you will fight. Fight and win. But do you really know why you go where you go and where this journey is taking you? The chase leads you where you need to be, you believe. Unless you are being pushed. The blaze sits inside a nest of little worlds still too distant to share its heart but plainly staring out at you a face emerges drawn from plasmas and radiation there must be meaning in its roar you listen hard and carefully and sometimes a lucid melody seems to rise out of random noise joy builds and the first hope in ages transforms you it seems important even critical to tell every star from here to the black between the galaxies, that you will be strong. So I think that was the traveler arriving in the solar in the soul system. Sure. And then this is the darkness attacking during the collapse. This okay. one reads: "The knife had a million blades, and you were giant, powerful, and swift. But the knife pinned you, cut your godly flesh away." Very little was left. You are sure because you feel insignificant now. The hard, slick heart of your soul, that is what remains. A body small as a river stone and just as simple. You picture yourself as a piece of indigestible grit, a nameless nothing hiding among other nameless stones. Perhaps you glitter like a gem, yes. Pride makes you hope so. If only you could see yourself. But you have no eyes. Not the dimmest sense survives. What lives is memory. And what slim portion of these thoughts can you trust? The knife stole so much more than your body. So I think the you in this is the traveler. I think so. Well, and, and the mention of the knife, right? Like. 
mm-hmm. in the unveiling books, he talks. I think one of them was called the first knife. The first knife, right? Yep. And and that was that literally the witness looking at his hand and and the knife forms in his hand. So I think that's a direct. Yeah, that's that's absolutely him. And then the whole the whole heart thing, like that's even the witness has used. You know, the key is your pale heart, mm-hmm. which I I. <sighs> I know we've kind of gone back and forth on this. It's we've, we've theorized that there's something inside the traveler and that's what the witness is getting at. Yes. Um, I, I think that's true. I, I think it's a little bit of that, but I'm curious because it, it, I'm curious if the traveler is just the last remaining piece of a whole. Yeah. You I know? suppose we could, we could look at it as in, um, like the traveler is the heart of the whole. That that's possible. The only thing that makes me wonder though is because all the way back on fundament, the traveler was still in the form as we know it. Yep. And so it's been it's been chased across the galaxy for over a billion years in that same form. That okay. Right. Yep. Um but I I it could certainly be the case. I think this is leaning more towards there's a heart inside the orb of the traveler, though. I I think um, you're right. Now now that you now that you mention it being on fundament like that, and we know the timeline from fundament to now is a billion years at least. Uh, right. All yeah. all because of the books of sorrow, because that's where that's where it's written in there, and that Oryx says that that's what he's done. Um, since that has been that way for a billion years and it's just jumped system to system to system in the same form, I think I think that leads more credence to the idea that there is something inside of it that is the pale heart, that it, that is the key, that is whatever the witness is trying to get to, which then makes me question, is, is the traveler itself a cocoon or a ship or a or sarcophagus is it is it some sort of protective thing for whatever's inside is there is, do you know if there's any lore entries about anything like that so there aren't lore entries but if we go outside what's provided strictly in game there is okay. old concept art from uh actually their story panels from the original destiny one cinematic of the astronauts landing on mars and meeting the traveler for the first time um and you're but you're talking you're talking concept art from the storyboard clips for that okay gotcha uh in that concept art the traveler is depicted not as the giant orb, but as a humanoid figure. Interesting. Now, clearly they, they went a different direction, and this is just concept right. art. This confirms nothing. But I wouldn't be surprised if there's, because the, the witness is, appears you know humanoid-ish, Right. I wouldn't be surprised if the Traveler also has some sort of humanoid character model that we're going to interact with in some way. Um, and I'm, that the, the orb is, exa- is like a ship or a protective barrier or something. Something. Some sort, some sort of thing that is, that is either keeping him alive or keeping him safe or keeping him locked away from the, the witness. Or, or, and and that's a, that's, so that's an interesting thought that hit me too. The witness is known as the formless one. And we see him in-game as a humanoid figure but 
because he is the formless one, he could theoretically take whatever form he wanted. Because like when exactly I mean, he, he like he when Callus form. Right, exactly. And so like when Callus stood in front of him, he could have been something totally different. And then like because every time that something has stood in front of the darkness, it's gone insane. Like that's that's mm-hmm. that was that was kind of a key thing there. But like I mean the fact that he is the formless one means that I I feel like he would appear to the person that it is addressing in some sort of I don't want to say like a pleasing form, but like a like a recognizable form. A, a form right? that we have a concept of. You know, if we yes. wanna like throw this back to, you know, Cthulhu yes. lore. Uh, all the all the things about the old gods, like they drive you insane by looking at them because our we we can't conceive of what they would yes. look like. Is kind of the and is the vibe. Well, and 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 we talked about this with the with the with the witness as well. Uh, the whole um, he gets his idea of morality from us. And so mm-hmm. that's where he he that's where this idea of good and evil come from in his eyes because we have defined it in, right. in for us. So I think I think that leads I think that leads credence to that to the whole um, he's just going to appear in whatever is conceivable to the thing in front of him that is that it is that he is addressing that the witness is addressing. So yeah, I th- I think there and if and if that's true for him, I mean that's got to be true for whatever's inside the the traveler or 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 it the would make sorry. sense yeah. Whatever's theoretically inside the traveler. The other thing that I find interesting that lends some credence to, in my opinion, to there being some kind of humanoid uh, figure or or entity that we uh, would communicate with that is tied to the traveler in some way is that the if we're assuming this is also from that collector's edition uh, journal from Shadowkeep, if we're assuming that these entries are talking about the traveler, the the you who is cut by the knife, the you know the you that feels insignificant. Those all seem to indicate they're taught. The you is the traveler. Yeah. Uh, there is another entry in that, in I think at the very end of that lore book or that journal, that is just a single page, like scratched and scrawled, um, like someone has etched it with a blade into the side of a rock kind of look to it. Uh, yes. And it says, she will bow to me. And that might be provided, that, that she, in that case, may be in reference to the Traveler as well, which would give us an indication of, you know, how can something identify as what what we are you know interpretation of gender right without being humanoid in some way right right and and it and yeah no i th- i think there's something to this i think i th- i think there is something to this i really do and i and now that you now that you've mentioned the cthulhu stuff too that that just makes sense that's well, certain, that's that's not, uh, i i feel like that's starting to make sense not just cthulian lore and stories but even looking at um like depictions of angels in the bible uh right they were often not the you know feathered 
humans that we see in media, they were usually like, you know, again, unconceivable, like things of many eyes and wings and mouths. And absolutely. Like, it was horrific <laughs> in description. If, you, if you've ever, if you, so my favorite depiction of something like that uh, is, is in Bayonetta when, when she's fighting the angels. Cause they're just, I mean, they are like, they're everything. They're, they're, they're tons of, they're like 30 faces on a thing and just metallic metal giants. They're just, they are everything. They're, it's, it, they are everything and they are nothing at the same time. It's, it's super, super neat idea there. But yeah. Um, so as far as the traveler, um, we, we really don't have anything. <laughs> we have we have so, some guesses so really, and some theories, but that yeah, nothing concrete. I th- Although I, th- I think that's the best we're gonna get there. I do have some additional info for the traveler in particular, though. That's not gonna okay. inform us as to you know what it is per se, but an identity can, or something can give some idea around what other characters in the universe think it might be. Okay, uh, or think sure. what its motivations are. So the the first lore card I'm going to pull from here is uh, the Illuminous Vest um, with the Majestic, specifically, it might be on both, but this was the one that I I pulled. Uh, And in this, it's a a short discussion between Mistrax and Ido. And it goes as such. Mistrax spoke. The Guardians are capable of mercy though they seldom show it. Then why does the great machine bless them? Ido asked. Is it not better to be merciful? The darkness is coming, Misrax replied warily. Nearer now than ever before. Perhaps mercilessness is exactly what the great machine needs. Said so a, a informing... Uh, kind of Misrax or Mithrax's uh, opinion about like why this uh, race that has a great affinity for war and destruction, humanity, yeah, yeah, has been gifted this power uh, that, in their opinion, is is a power of the good. You know, the great machine is something that is uh, to the Elixni people like. Un, unarguably good, right? They they and, they actively look at it as a god, yeah. as a as a as a friendly god that should be worshipped and and celebrated and all sorts of good. And their one, you know, Mithrax here is coming to the conclusion that I think we have said before that humanity are being used because they are the perfect warriors of the light. They are absolutely, the perfect, you know that. That gentle city ringed in spears, the guardians of humanity are the spears. Absolutely. I think, I think that that's a, absolutely. So the other thing that I wanted to read through here uh, is actually going to be in relation to the Traveler and the Ghosts. Um, now there's three cards here that I want to touch on. Okay. The first of which is from the Ghost Stories lore book. And uh, it is titled The We Before Us. And this actually talks about the ghosts remembering their birth, essentially. 
because this... I think that's mm-hmm. that's something that needs to be put for forefront too. Every single ghost is the exact same age. Yes, every single ghost was born at the same exact time when you know the traveler decided to create them essentially during the collapse or at the end of the collapse. Every single glo- ghost, including hive ghosts, right now. Literally every ghost that is in existence is the exact same age. They were all born at the same time. They have not gained numbers. They, I, I guess they they've lost, lost numbers, but they definitely haven't gained. In, there, there's not been a new ghost born uh, since the release of the the initial release of all the ghosts. Correct. Okay. Uh, so this lore card, the we before us, goes like this. I remember. The moment we were born, there was pain and loss and a feeling of falling. Was this the end? The shadows gathered, colored bruise purple and gray in our fading consciousness. Our shell cracked and splintered. Part of us were lost or carried away. We felt those wounds jagged and sharp. We could feel them still attached by a gosmer-thin strand of understanding. We felt a garden with no blooms, a valley shrouded in gloom. We felt ourselves dying. We didn't want to go. Then there I was, separated from the whole. I could feel it shrink, slip back into itself, dim and unseeing. I knew it was waiting, resting, watching, considering. And I knew what I needed to do. Somewhere in this wide, amazing galaxy, there was a person. They were quiet and dead, like we had been. But I could bring them back. I could share what was inside of me, this glorious warmth and life and breath and being. Together, that person and I would do what we, the we before me, could not. I wrapped the spark that was me in metal and glass, a tiny bit of something that reminded me of the home we had shared. Then I set out to find my person, the keeper of my light. There were so many people, so many still fragile things decaying into dust, lost to memory. I touched each one looking for something, a fragment of ember under the ash. I didn't find it. I now know there is, I know now that there is one person, only one, that is mine. I have been to many planets, seen things I never knew were possible, hid from monsters, followed dreams. I have seen others of my kind, the other pieces that were once us. Their search is over. They are complete, stronger, braver because they found their counterpart. That's the end of that card. So, this, so that kind of brings up a bunch of questions. I have a theory. Okay. <laughs> I, have, I have a theory. So when we see the witness in game, and yep. the witness is described, as we talked about before, as a cacophony of thoughts of many voices. And in okay. game, we see their, their head is essentially the smoke of other heads and faces and we theorize that different voices may have different personalities and talk to us at different times or narrate different lore books, and that could explain some of the inconsistencies we have seen. 
Sure. Now, what if the gardener originally was also a cacophony of thoughts and many different voices? And whereas the witness is combined them all into one being itself. Oh my God. The, the gardener, the traveler, has allowed those different voices and personalities to break out and be free and, you know, instead of one singular being, be many complex beings. And those are the ghosts. They're just oh all little fragments of the traveler's voices. All right. Well, I'm just going to take all my questions and dump them in the trash can now. <laughs> Because that's, I mean, that's, that's, that's it. Like, that's, damn it. Why do you have the best theories? Uh, okay, well, I'm going to do my questions anyway, because you can't stop me. <laughs> no. uh, so my Go first thought was, my first thought was, okay, so, so the, the ghosts are a physical, <laughs> let's, let's, let's take your theory as law. I, I know that's. That's a dangerous territory there, but you come up with some really, really good theories, and they are not that far off from what I think is the actual truth. So if the ghosts themselves are are every iteration, not iteration, every different voice inside the winnower's head, or the, the gardener's head, um, and it has just, as you as as you said, broken itself up to be the most complex being in all of existence uh the and and those those that that break up that that has become the ghost and the ghosts are little spheres um to to resemble the greater whole that they once were uh you know wrapped in metal and glass Mm -hmm. uh so man you i why why do you come up with the coolest shit uh I don't even know where to go now. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, okay. So okay. So let's 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 start with a with a with a concerning question. Mm-hmm. What drives the ghost? What is the, is there something that the ghost has been given a set of instructions or a or a thought or something that is that every single ghost has this need. Because that's what it feels like to me is a need to find its counterpart, to find its, for lack of a better term, guardian, to find its being, to find its hive, whatever you want to call it. Is there some, or was there some type of instructions given to the ghost? Or are they all just doing this on a subconscious level? So I, I think that they have a set of criteria but it's not a conscious set of criteria. I think it's on a subconscious level. Um, and I think what they're finding, uh, and originally, so we, we had theorized, and I think still holds true, but I think it's not the whole story, that, you know, what, what the speaker said. Um, sure. And, and what Savathun parrots, the... Uh, yeah, you know, the the devotion, bravery, devotion, sacrifice, bravery, 
bravery, <laughs> devotion, <laughs> bravery, sacrifice, uh, is is part of the is part of the story. Like that, I definitely think that's like the core need to be met. It has however, to, you have to meet those for sure. Absolutely. However, you could argue that there's plenty of people, you know, presumably in the Destiny universe that could fit that bill. So why cannot why why do ghosts have to find their person? That, right. that one and this even says uh that this ghost at least says I know now there is one person only one that is mine. Now So okay. I was fixing to say now that kind of brings up a little bit of a contradiction, right? Like we've heard of ghosts giving up their guardian and going and finding another one. Well, have but we? not but not finding another one. Not actively going and finding another one, but actively giving up on their one. Yes, and then that has and happened. then what? Like what happens? What happens to those ghosts that just give up? I mean, the, the the most recent one is is Finch, right? Like he's just he's just sitting there next to his dead, for lack of a better term, guardian, mm-hmm. and just not resing him. Like no, this is dumb. I'm not going to res this guy. I was wrong. And so like what like what implications does that have for a ghost? Can a ghost find another body, or is it, or is it literally that is the one, and that is it, full stop? It's a good question. If uh, if that ghost decides screw this shit, I'm out. That ghost is just personless for the rest of its existence. That might be the case. I don't think we have ever that's seen. That's a lonely. That's a lonely thing. So the only ghost that comes to mind that has hopped between people. Would be uh, the story of Shin Malfur, um, right? Where Shin had a ghost that died, even though he didn't know it. Uh, th- let me back up. We're gonna do our own Shin series, so I'm gonna try and make this <laughs> Spark Notes version. But um, Shin died as an infant, and a ghost resurrected him in his infant form. Uh, and was then killed by Fallen. So Shin grew up not knowing that he had been resurrected in the light, and no one survived to be able to tell him that either. Sure. Uh, his mentor, Jaron Ward, was a guardian with a ghost, and Jaron Ward was killed by the original Thorn and was not resurrectable from the light. Uh, his ghost could not revive him despite trying because he was killed with a weapon of sorrow. Right. His ghost then attached itself to Shin and was able to provide Shin with light. But was it able to resurrect Shin? I don't know. I don't believe there's anywhere in the lore that it has had to try. Because uh, that's, I think, I think that but I also I think haven't researched it. That's and that's fine. Like that's obviously that's a there's a huge story there, right? Like for yeah. those of you that don't know, Bife did like an hour and a half video on it. Like it's 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 absolutely beautiful, and we're definitely covering that because that's a that's a really cool set of lore there. But I think that does bring into question, like so so Shin Shin has this ghost. Uh, uh, that has that has been that has jumped to him, 
if there's never an instance where Shin died after that, that the ghost had to resurrect him, then that that would that would kind of be that weird wishy-washy space. But also, right. it is the we we also talked about the ghost being the conduit, right? Like, or or, or no, we are the conduit. Yeah, the ghost the light. is funneling light into us, so we into we are, us. We are the the weapon light is being used through. We're we're the ones shaping light into something. Yeah. But it's being so, provided by the ghost. So so that's the other thing too. Is the ghost just feeding light into this into this body because it's like, well, shit, my, my guardian's dead. I don't know what the hell else to do. I I can channel light. Here here you go. You know, like that's that's well, a that's an interesting thought there too. Again, not to dive too far into that story, but um, Shin and Jaren this is not, had a, this is... a relationship before that. So, like, it, Jaren had a very good suspicion that Shin was a ghostless guardian. Um, gotcha. So, like, there, there's a lot more to it than, than what we're able to cover here. Right, right. Uh, it was just... As an example, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's just as an example of a ghost jumping between people, although it was very specific circumstances. And that is um, that is the only instance that we have in the entire Destiny universe of that happening, correct? That I am aware of, yeah. Okay. Um, wow, I feel like a, I feel like a, a, a an attorney questioning somebody on the on the stand, <laughs> and and you just gave like the perfect answer that I'm aware of. Right. Yep. Uh, <laughs> keep it keep it perfectly open for <laughs> for an out. <laughs> I love that. I absolutely love that. Uh, but yeah, no, that's that that's an interesting thought too. That that the go- that the ghosts themselves have one and exactly one guardian, and if something is to happen to that guardian to prevent them from being resed ever again, the ghost is just like, screw it, I'm out. Like that's that's the end of the game for me. And we do know that there are some guardianless ghosts. Now, I think it's presumed that they haven't found their guardian yet. Um, but there are guardianless ghosts that operate in the hidden for Ikora as spies, uh, because they can get really? in areas that you know people can't. Um, okay, now I'm going to have to have some supporting evidence. <laughs> All right. Well, now you're going to make me pull it up. You god dang right I am. Because if there's nothing that we are, if there's any, if, wait, if there's nothing we are, if there's anything we are, it's efficient, it's transparent, I don't, don't know. Don't hurt yourself. It's, I, I am. I'm using words that I've heard in sentences before, and I don't know what they mean. So I'm just <laughs> using them together to see if they form something. <laughs> One of my main things that, that I wanted to, to kind of keep in theme of, of our ideas of, of light, dark, witness, traveler, ghosts anything that we try to put forth i want to have some sort of evidence to back that up that's that's just so we have a um i don't want to i don't want to say coherent but i think that's the word i'm going to use uh i guess true true-ish um accurate uh depiction of what these entities and what these forces are and what they are not and so yeah if there if there are guardianless ghosts that are able to be um, <laughs> rogue agents, <laughs> uh, then yeah, I would I would love to hear about those. 
to say that is one thing I did not have prepared. It was going to take me a moment. Uh, That's okay. That I can, you know me. I can ramble. <laughs> well, you you did uh, mention about you know what is kind of the driving force for ghosts. Yeah. Uh, and we none of them can. None of the ghosts that are asked about it directly can quantify it. Um, sure. But they refer to it as essentially a, a feeling. And actually, there's a really interesting entry um, from Finch that talks about how he chose that hive night. Um, and he, uh, this is in the Lucent Tales book, which you get from collecting the Lucent Moths. Uh, and this one is entitled Finch One. And uh, this excerpt reads as such. I'm not what you would call a believer. Not after the Red War. Not after the Tangled Shore. Not after a lifetime of never mattering just because I wasn't half of someone else's whole. But that, that made me feel again. I saw him. What was left of him. Lying there. Just his corpse. Dead maybe a hundred years. It was my night. I look and I know he's mine. Like hearing a song the first time, but it's already stuck in your head. And then in that moment, I think something good in me died. You'd think it'd be impossible, but sure enough, I'll stand in there. Ely, Quisit, Hatcher, everyone finding their purpose. Raising hive light bearers. And the whole time, every ghost I ever knew is shouting, telling me, this is the traveler's plan. Who are you to question it? And I thought, maybe they're right. And so I chose to share my soul with a monster. And the thing is, you can't just be part monster. So Finch describes this as, like, as a calling. Like when yeah. when when he finds this knight that he's able to, he knows. to partner with, it's like it it's just this this un you know uh, he, he can't communicate what it what it is. He compares it to like music. Like there's right. a song that you've never heard before, but you already know all the lyrics to it, kind of thing. Um, I, and canonically, they're all just humming uh, more than a feeling. From Boston, right? Like that's just that's what that's the song that connects them. As soon as that dead body starts humming it back, they're like, "Oh, that's mine." Okay, got it. So I just had a thought. Oh shit! Is it a what frequency if, thing? What What if the song Finch was hearing was Savathun's song? Get the fuck out of here! <laughs> Get out of town! Go home, you're drunk. <laughs> what if it was? I I mean. I think we're, what if we're maybe being what a little if that's too sound, literal with his what description. If, what, if, what if that is the sound that every single ghost hears? And when, and when it gets played back to them, that's when they know that they've connected with it. Maybe so. Um, so there's, there's another bit of information here uh, that talks about how a ghost chooses a person or what their relationship is with that person. Um, and this comes from Ghost Stories, uh, the book Ghost Stories, uh, the um, chapter called Compliments. 
Uh, and this is a conversation between Segura and uh, Of Officius, who is Ikora's ghost. Who I, I was going to say that's Ikora's name right? of. Yeah. Uh, and it goes as such. I remember talking to Officius one day about the connection between ghosts and guardians. O said he had a theory why there was one ghost for one guardian. He thought that each of us had strengths that complemented weaknesses in our guardian and vice versa, that we needed to be together or neither of us would be whole. Like soulmates, I asked, because I am not in love with Osiris. Not only would that be really weird, but he kind of gets on my nerves all the time. It's not a romantic attachment, O said. If he had eyes, he would have rolled them at me. It is my belief that the Traveler understood that normal people would not be enough to protect humanity, that it would take those who are extraordinary in both body and spirit, and that only by, merging, only by the merging of ghost and guardian into a single unit could this be accomplished. I don't know where Ikora keeps you, I told him, but Osiris and I are not a single unit. You've heard us argue a lot. And why do you challenge him? O asked. Because no one else will. He's the great and powerful Osiris, hero, scholar, savior, yada yada. And no one, I mean no one, not even Ikora, really challenges him. They do what he wants, even if it's a terrible idea. But not me. Everyone needs someone to tell them to get over themselves once in a while. Especially Osiris. Would you say that is a strength that complements a weakness then? So this idea, and we've, we've seen I, this I hammered like this. home a couple times here. This idea of the, the ghost is a half of a whole. Yeah. Um, so kind of my, to, to put the pieces together a little bit here. I'm thinking that if we're under the assumption the Traveler also had many voices, many minds, many personalities within itself, similar to the Witness, and whereas the Witness condensed them into one, the Traveler allowed them to spread out as singular many uh, individual personalities and minds and thoughts and feelings. Those, All of those ghosts seem to have it some of them remember it better than others as as will be discussed in a, another card here but they all seem to have this sense of like emptiness like there's a hole they need to fill and Ooh. i think not only is it the dictation of courage bravery and sacrifice but it's also someone that that has those things that meets that criteria that is also that ghost's personal other half right from a personality like the, like, standpoint yes they need to yes they need to be with somebody that is going to fill in their weaknesses for their personality and they need to be you know the the ghost needs to be someone that is going to fill in the weaknesses of their guardian's personality and that's I like the, that that's the key is to find like the other that. half of that ghost's hole. I like and that. What I'm wondering when it comes to, say, Finch and the other hive ghosts. Sure. Is 
are those ghosts the ones that were the more violent personalities of the traveler of the garden are those the ones that were more geared towards the you know wrath and vengeance and yeah the the hive were seen as compliments to that all right well my theory making days are officially done and i'm just letting you just run free now uh because that's brilliant that's that's genuinely brilliant like i i like that idea i i think that that i think that that makes sense yeah interesting so the the one bit i wanted to touch on here in addition to this is the fact that um not all of the ghosts and and we're kind of doing the traveler and ghost at the same time here, <laughs> whereas the others I, we've I, we've kind of had divisions. These are just so closely like related hard. that it's it's just all in lumped into well, one and, section and, here. And if the ghosts truly are just the 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 many bits of the traveler, then theoretically ghosts are just the trap are they're just the gardener. And and we know that all the ghosts have, or at least our ghost in game has a connection to the traveler not maybe in the sense that it can communicate directly but you know it is our ghost has said a number of times in game that it can feel the traveler yes. or it can sense the traveler um so i i think maybe the strongest or or the core personality or the core you know entity of the gardener is still in the traveler. But, I like that. I like that idea. And and so and and it is its job is to keep all the other ghosts connected, not only to to itself because that's how they get the light, but um, but also like you know the, as as the uh the the we before us like all of the ghosts were kind of a hive mind before or sure maybe not a hive mind a shared mind i think is more sure. appropriate um but they don't all hold the same opinion on this which i find fascinating uh so this is also in ghost stories titled difference of opinion uh and it this card goes as such this is a guest lecture by two guardianless ghosts about life light and the search for their guardians featuring Balthazar and Peach are the ghost names. Question. What is the Traveler in your understanding? Balthazar, great question. Peach, terrible question. Balthazar, in a sense, it's the only question. The Traveler is our primary, our mother, the primordial and the pinnacle. A dear friend, the ghost of Pajari, once compared the Traveler to a song that has never been sung. Peach, look, the answer no one likes to give is that no one knows what the Traveler is or anything about it, not even us. Balthazar, we know she wished for us to raise guardians to be her avatars and defenders. Peach, do we, though? Just because we can do that doesn't mean we're made to do that. And who says it's a she, anyway? What does it, why does it need a gender? Balthazar, the Traveler, in her omniscient wisdom, looked into the past and the future, and from all generations that emerged from the cradle of Earth, she chose the best of them to be her champions. 
each ghost was lovingly and carefully created for their one true guardian. The ghost and the guardian complete each other. Peach. If that's true, then the traveler's kind of a jerk. Balthazar, excuse me? Peach, look, I know tons of ghosts who died before they ever found their guardian. I know some ghosts who still haven't found a guardian. You haven't. I haven't. But I don't think it's but I don't think I'm incomplete because of it. Balthazar, I have the humility to recognize my own shortcomings and to submit myself to the Traveler's plan. So clearly there's a, a argument here where uh, the, the ghost Balthazar believes kind of what, what we had seen in other lore cards. Um, sure. And the ghost Peach is very much of a dissenting opinion of like, look, I don't know, you don't know, you're just kind of making shit up, and uh, why why do I need a guardian to be, you know, a, a powerful ghost? Right. Or or to even be whole. Like, I, I don't right. feel incomplete. Uh, the next question on this is, do you remember being inside the Traveler? Peach, no. Balthazar, I do. We call it the womb. Peach, I have never and will never call it that. <laughs> Balthazar, <laughs> imagine a cosmos inside a bottle. Trillions of stars orbiting each other in a complex weave, but they aren't stars. Perhaps a better word would be souls. Souls dancing in an infinite space enclosed within a celestial egg. Peach, which is it? An egg or a womb? <laughs> it's called a metaphor. Peach. Well, then pick a metaphor, not 12. Balthazar. Well, what would you call it? Peach. I wouldn't call it anything because I don't remember it. And I don't think you do either. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, the banter between these I two like is Peach. pretty great. <laughs> I freaking love Peach. Peach is just like, you're so full of fucking shit. You don't, you don't even know what the fuck you're full of. Like, that's. I cannot. Between Pe- Peach sounds like another Sagira, right? Like Sagira was was sassy. Uh-huh. Sagira was this very sassy ghost, and Peach is is on this level. So I mean, to me, that just that kind of lends more to the credence of like they were all originally part of a whole, and Peach and and Sagira would kind of have I, I they'd almost have like a connection with each other, and maybe maybe like Sagira, you know, like let's let's say it you know it it takes twenty. 20 things to to make a hole and Sagira has 18 of those and needs two and Osiris has those two Peach would have 18 of those but they'd be you know shifted one right like Mm -hmm. one of the ones that Sagira would have Peach wouldn't have so then Peach would have to find that guardian that has those other two and yeah no I but then that that would show how some ghosts are very similar and and some ghosts are 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 Obviously, like like Balthazar, he's very much like he 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 believes in this idea. He ha, he it almost almost like a religion way, right? Yeah. Like almost like a like a religious point of view of like yeah, I was I was I was born in a sea of souls and and it was the womb and da 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 da. Yeah, no, I I really like this i these ideas. So the last lore entry here that's uh, kind of about the traveler, kind of about the ghosts. Um, comes to us from the Imperious Sun Shell, 
which is the ghost shell from the uh, doing all the lore books for the new raid. And uh, it goes as such. This is a conversation between a random ghost uh, and Rulk. Rulk. What is it? Ah, yes. One of Savathun's new curios. A fraction of that imperious sun. A facet of a sphere. A segment of of adversary. Ghost. Yes, hello. As I told the assortment of arthropods earlier, I don't think I'm supposed to be here. Rook, blessed ignorance. What of the past remains when all is wiped away? Only the gaps. Ghost. Oh, no, I think you're confused. I'm new. Rook, once. Stimulus response. Writ large over the age of galaxies, and now asymmetry and fractal perfection. What turbulence mars your pattern? Ghost. If it's all the same, I'd really rather leave. Rule. Freedom comes in knowing the thing. Isn't that what she says? But you are unknown to the universe, to your creator, even to yourself. Isolated. Past. Present. Future. Ghost. Please don't remove that. I like the expressiveness it lends me. Rulk. Have you spawned? Because your spores to the wind, lone wanderer. What gametypes exist wherein they could partner? Ghost. I think, yes, I believe I'm looking for a partner. Rulk. Leviathan under glass. But with it, perhaps a fraction topples the whole. Crack a facet. Crack the face. A sliver of light within. Ghost. Ah, yes, there is. I am meant to share it with somebody worthy. Rook. Rejoice. I have worth beyond worth. Ghost. Disciple of the dark. Rook. Adversary? Ghost. This one is not for you. Rook. Too bright. Ah. Nothing but scrap. They refuse to let their secrets be taken, only given. Poach another curious fruit from the witch's collection. They cannot, as a race, all deny our worth. The Rook is trying to give himself a guardian. Rook's trying to... A ghost. Yeah, he's trying to get a ghost to give him the light. Um, I don't think understanding that that requires him to be dead. (laughs) Right. I, I mean, I so guess that, that's what that, he's trying to figure out, is how does it work? Yeah. I mean, that was that was the whole thing, like, how, how Savathun was trying to figure out how it worked in the beginning, right? Like, that was the whole reason that she infiltrated uh, the Vanguard as Osiris, to get into the tomes, to see what type of information is going on here. Like, you know, has, what what happens to it? Why, why do Guardians not have memories? You know, what happens to... Uh, uh, something if you give it back its memories, right? Like that's all of this stuff that she was doing is research to figure out, okay, if I die, because that so far seems to be the qualifying thing, what happens to me and how do I keep being me? And and Rulk doesn't have that knowledge. And it, and it doesn't seem like that anyone on the darkness side has that knowledge either. Well, because up till this point, they weren't interested. Like, right uh, up until this point, the you know, and Brulk even 
even describes them as the adversary. Like they're, they're an enemy to be destroyed, not something to be understood unless that understanding could lead to their destruction. Uh, right. Which I think is, is what he's trying to do here. Um, Rulk also says something here, again, that we have seen in these previous lore cards over and over. Uh, he describes the ghost as a fraction of that imperious sun, yes. a facet of a sphere, a segment of adversary. It's just crack part the of face, a hole. crack the hole. Yep. Yep. So I think, you know, one could argue, well, all the ghosts came out of the traveler or were spawned by the traveler. So maybe he's just talking about that. Maybe, maybe, but I, I, don't I think, think so. there's a lot I, of supporting evidence to suggest that the ghosts are part of the traveler in a literal sense. I mean, the part of the, the, the gardener, the last, the last two lines there, this is, this one is not for you. And, mm-hmm. and Rook is even like adversary. Like he, he, he knows he like, like, I mean, maybe he doesn't know, no, but like he, he kind of has this idea of like, whoa, this, the, the main thing just talked to me through this thing. So, I mean, that, that to me seems like that's a, that's a pretty, pretty hard evidence that they are many parts of a whole. Yeah. And for, it can be a little difficult to understand, um, just listening to it. So I'm, I'm going to clarify here at the end of that lore card where it says disciple of the dark, this one is not for you. It's implied um, in the writing because that's a different font uh, and it's all, you know, it's cap locked. Uh, That's implying to a lot of people that that is literally the traveler talking through the ghost and causes the ghost to self-destruct in order to prevent Rulk from from getting it or getting access to it. So that implies a lot of things there, right? Like, number one, there is a way to act to to get to it through a ghost if Mm -hmm. if the if the traveler is willing to self-destruct a ghost to prevent it from to prevent it from falling into the wrong hands right like that's if 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 the traveler can do that then that implies that there is a way to do that that there is a way to go through the ghost to get to the traveler and and take the light i mean we know that the light can be trapped we saw that with gall we know yep. that the light can be disconnected. We saw that here in Savathun, right? Like that's she, when she pulled the, the the traveler into the throne world. It was it was assumed that every every ghost outside the throne world. Well, I don't know that it was assumed or not. I I assumed that every ghost and everyone with the light outside the throne world was was disconnected for a short period of time until until the traveler was put back. But uh, I yeah, no, I don't know. Kind of. Well, yeah, because I'm trying to think back of that the mission dialogue, and when you finish the mission and the traveler, you know, has the big blast of light. I believe it's Ikora says that she's got confirmation the traveler is back over the last city, which would imply right. that it it had disappeared for the extent of that mission. Yep. But I did. I don't know if it disappearing and being in the throne world was cutting the light off from everyone that was connected to it. Because that was the whole thing that Sabathun was trying to do. That was, that's why we get the right. Threadcutter debuff. I, um, I or the Threadcutter buff, because we're trying to prevent yeah. that that sealing away. That that we are the Threadcutter. We are cutting the threads to the web that's being, that it, that is being cocooned around it. Yeah, and I don't think it was sealed yet, is the implication. Right. Um, 
because if it had been sealed, presumably we would have also lost our light. Uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. And so I, I think it was a like, we were preventing that seal, but if it had been sealed away, then yeah, light would have been shut off. Um, so I have a couple other lore cards about ghosts in particular. Uh, that well, did, talk did, to real, real quick. Yeah. I, I know we kind of jumped away from it. Uh, did you did you find any of the any of the stuff for the the hidden ghosts that were guardianless? I I was reading. So no, I know. I, <laughs> I didn't have. That's a, why. That's, I didn't have that's why I asked. That's okay. Um, that's let why me I asked. Go ahead and see what I can dig up here. Because while you're doing that, I've I've got some things that yeah, I kind of want to talk through, kind of out loud of of kind of like what we've what we've really gone through here. So we're gonna we're gonna kind of transition more into the ghosts. Um, I obviously the 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 last little bit we've been talking about uh, the ghost and the traveler, but I, I think if 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 we can if we can stick with this theory that the ghosts are the traveler. And they are just a smaller part of the whole. Then, then you can't talk about one without talking about the other. That's that's like that's like talking about a person without acknowledging that they have arms or something. You know, like that's 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 what I feel like. That's that that mm-hmm. could be akin to. Um, and we've talked about the witness. We've talked about how the witness is in in the witness's eyes just following what his nature is and what the the natural course of reality and it's and it's interesting too because before they were put in this universe their reality was just making and destroying well not making and destroying but making realities and universes and seeing what happens and at the end of the day you know the 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 winnower um reaping what was sown uh in the garden and 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 cutting away all the all the loss so that the the task can begin anew the next the next day um we've talked about now this is two episodes ago uh where we talked about what is light what is dark that they are just tools they're they the light and the dark have no type of entity there there's no a, a a being can use the light, a being can use the dark, but the light itself and the dark itself are literally just tools. They are they are how a being they they are what a being can use to channel the physical um properties of this universe, be it in the you know the the electromagnetic spectrum, the 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 nuclear spectrum the the gravitational spectrum like all of that is is just ways that the light is being used and then the darkness is just the counterpart to that that because again because they exist in this universe everything has to have an opposite and equal reaction that's part of this universe that is one of the laws of this universe that we that that dest i say that we live in obviously it's part of what we live in but what the destiny universe lives in is that everything has an equal and opposite reaction. Uh, so because there's everything that can manipulate stuff on the light side, there has to be something that can man- manipulate stuff on the dark side. And the winnower and the gardener in this in this uh, reality, in our universe, are literally just supposed to be observers. But it definitely seems that the winnower is actively trying to undermine 
the gardener by directly influencing people and entities of this universe but because they they are obviously gifting their powers out right like the the traveler is doing this through the ghost gifting gifting the light to whatever the ghost itself and 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 for the ghost to have its own free will like it's it's the ghost is free the ghost is able to to just go out and pick whatever you know if if it wanted to if it wanted to this this is a kind of a crazy thought if the ghost wanted to it could resurrect a flower and it could have the flower use the light as long as the flower has died and was devoted and and was uh follow me on this one right like this is an idea right like Um, uh i i am not having any luck doing the doing a search that the internet is failing me uh that's fine i can't confirm i am like 99 percent sure i remember reading this but i do not have the the source at the moment so that will just have to be hearsay for the time being that's okay we'll take that as hearsay for now uh but yeah so the so the ghost having the 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 ability to to have their own free will to find their other half um and some ghosts are partially i'd, I'd say borderline mostly whole right like if we that whole analogy of you know it takes 20 parts and this ghost has 18 of those 20 parts already in them they just have to find the other two and that's where they get it from the guardian and vice versa the guardian is just the two parts and they needed to find the other 18 that well they didn't need to find the other two because there's never there's never a, a reverse thing right like the ghost is always looking for its half but the other half is dead it's not looking right. for anything like it's just it just happens to be the the part man are we the tools? Uh, I mean, kinda. Depends on who you ask, I guess. <laughs> kinda. <laughs> uh, so I did want to go back to something you'd said about the gardener and the winnower, um, supposed supposed to be observers. I don't think that's necessarily accurate. I think what really? they were supposed to be uh, observing and uh, making sure is is handled properly is only their correlating paracausal power. So I think the gardener was supposed to be the observer and the steward of the light. The light. The winnower was the observer and the steward of the dark. Now, previously, well, they were outside the universes they were making. Right. Um, they still interacted with them because the gardener still, you know, sowed life into the universe yep. and the winnower still came through and, you know, cut away anything that wasn't strong enough. Uh, so that it implies they had, they still had some kind of direct action on the previous universes, but they were above them as far as okay. in existence. Uh, okay. But now they're trying to fulfill those same roles, but now they're in it. Now, now they have to abide it. by the laws of this universe. Yeah, and they each have dominion over, you know, one of the new laws that are in this particular iteration. Yeah. So that's I guess that's an interesting thought too. Since they are since they just have dominion over these paracausal laws, do they have dominion over anything else? I don't think so. Um I mean, can they can they freely makes can can the winnower just freely spread life through the galaxy and and i mean obviously the 
the Winnower can freely spread death through the galaxy. <laughs> He's kind of been kind of been doing that the whole damn time. <laughs> yeah. Now I don't think the gardener can spread life in, and and we don't we don't know how it was doing it before. But sure. I think in this instance, the gardener can't look at uh, you know, can't just metaphorically point at a barren rock and go, okay, you're gonna grow grass now and have grass grow. But That'd be awesome. what it can I... do is oh, but terraform yes! and make those areas make those areas suitable for life to naturally grow there. It can and totally just point doing. at something and go, grass grow, and grass becomes life. <laughs> oh my god, they totally do have fucking damn it. <laughs> Well, shit. Okay. All right. All right. All right. So that's it. That's the um, end of our series. Goodbye. <laughs> no, that's not quite. That's not quite. That's that's awesome though. That like that everything about this. I feel like I, I feel like I just talked myself into into realizing what just happened there, and and then confirming exactly what we've been thinking this entire time. <laughs> like I, I love when we when we have those like those moments happen here on 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 our show and 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 for that to happen like that's i love that i absolutely love it uh so yeah so you have so, some more ghost entries yes yeah, so i have a few more ghost entries um that don't necessarily cast doubt on some of the things we have said up to this point but offer some additional complexities to the process um so as i say uh in the tales of the forgotten uh, which was the uh, Festival of the Lost book from last year, I believe. Uh, we have Glint, who's been running around gathering tales of the, the Headless Ones. Um, yes! But we, did, he, we did a series on this. We, we did, did the, a series had, on this. We had two episodes on it, yeah. But he has one line in that entire lore book that makes you go, wait a minute. <laughs> uh, and it is this one. So he's talking to the, the cryptarch, I believe, Rahul, uh, and Rahul about the, these headless ones. And the cryptarch says, I never figured the traveler would have made you lot so gullible. I thought you little guys were supposed to be super smart. I mean, you're basically living computers, right? Uh, I think we're sentient energy signatures housed in a cybernetic construct, Glint said, trying not to be offended. But I do have an internal database, if that's what you mean. So this little line They're just little mini supercomputers. That's all they are. That's 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 the one like that's the one line that we have an actual confirmation from a ghost of what they physically are. He is a sentient energy signature housed in a cybernetic construct. Or at least that is Glint's explanation of what a ghost is. And I think this could fit our current theory of ghosts are just all pieces of what used to be a whole traveler um and well, okay. what i want to key in on is the sentient energy signature now we have, right we I have was... said that the light affects all wavelengths all at the same time on every spectrum right uh what if each ghost and the reason why each ghost is different is it is a different frequency of energy that has been given sentience theoretically there are infinite frequencies spectrum of light 
Now, I don't know that there are infinite ghosts. I think there's a finite number. Or at least it's implied there's a finite number. I mean, we ain't run out of ghosts yet. True. This is true. Uh, I kill. I still keep seeing new lights every <laughs> once in a while in the Crucible, screwing up my scores. <laughs> um, but I, that's just the, Shaq sending the wrong people in. <laughs> yeah, that's just Shaq's that not putting people in the kiddie pool when they're just starting right. out. Right. Right. Uh, <laughs> oh, you're you're an eleven fifty light. Okay, here's a fifteen fifty. Suck it. Get good or die. Yeah, that's uh, that's Shaq's. Well, Shax is kind of an asshole. I mean, he's been around <laughs> since, like, the Warlord days, so I get it. Yeah. But he's kind of an asshole. Like, <laughs> yeah. The whole, what do you mean you can't concentrate when I'm yelling? Yeah. Relax. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, oh, did you go and listen to Shaq uh, Zavala's workout tape? No, I didn't. <laughs> if you ever get a chance, and this is for everyone out there, you can go to Zavala's office, and uh, when you're when you're standing in the doorway to his office, uh, on the left side of the room, if you're looking at his desk, on the left side of the room, uh, up in the corner, if you climb up on a set of boxes, there's like a, a square, you, you know, a, an interface that's like hold square or whatever to 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 activate, and it starts activating a workout type music with Shaq's just screaming crucible lines the whole time. And even if you leave his office, the dialogue keeps going on the bottom of your screen. <laughs> so you can be all the way in the hangar and it's still screaming this dialogue at you. And so, yeah, that's, yeah, not to tangent, but that was, I always thought that was a neat little, that neat little thing there. One. I'll have to look that up. Um, yeah. So, so but... ghost is a sentient energy signature. Yep. And if light House. is infinite energy signatures or, or infinite, you know, frequencies, then ghost is just one particular frequency given sentience. I like that idea. Um, so just a little more support for some of the things we were talking about already. Uh, this one, though, I find very interesting. And uh, throughout our talks about ghosts and how they pick people and all that, uh some people i know i i certainly um as i was developing these theories had this thought of yeah but there were some guardians that weren't nice like there there were some guardians out there that were you know the warlords that were not good people right and what i think this is is that the ghosts although they have a person that is supposed to be the thing that completes them or, or the person that personality wise is their perfect complement. I don't think all the ghosts either are diligent as they should be when they're picking their partner or didn't truly understand what they were looking for. Um, as far as like what actually complimented them, it's still very unclear as to what ghosts see before they res somebody. Uh, well, it's interesting that you use the word see, because we, we talk about that as like ghost sight. As ghost right? sight, Like the yeah. opposite of, of deep sight. Yep. Um, and so this, this is a, another one from Ghost Stories. That's uh, The Ghost Hunter is the title of it, and it says this. The speaker's warnings were clear. Always mind the light. If you feel it fraying, you've strayed too far. 
There are places even the traveler's light cannot reach. His name is Cyril, and Cyril called me Strain. I found him on the far edges of Mercury in a valley that the Vex transformation had never reached. He seemed resilient, unwavering, old, and wise. If I had searched, I had searched so long for my better half that I didn't hesitate. If I had considered but one moment more, I may have sensed how tired and burdened and tangled his soul truly was, and I would have left him in peace, and I would not be a murderer of my kin. So this was a interesting serial guardian, um, or light bearer, I guess is a more appropriate term for this. Uh, you know, the, his ghost strain could see in him resilience, you know, unwavering dedication. He was wise, uh, but he didn't look long enough. He didn't consider a moment more and see that he was also very burdened and tangled and world weary. And now he's stuck with him. Yeah. Because, you know, it, and I, I think, I think it truly is one ghost to one guardian, because in this instance, if you're, if you're the ghost strain and your guardian is actively murdering other guardians and or ghosts, Maybe just don't revive him the next time. Yeah, and and go find another. But it all the implications. But if they're tied to it, they can't. Right? Like that's not an option for him. Yeah. And so I think these ghosts that you know, and and that might be a a question someone has. Like, okay, even if they can't go find another guardian, why why bother resurrecting this one if he's just doing terrible things? And honestly, I think it's because ghosts have been searching so long at this point that. you know it, our estimate from the collapse to now is a little you know over a thousand years easily um these ghosts have been searching for at least that long to find that perfect partner and with, i think with no type of direction behind it like right. literally just go find your person and that's it. Like that's that. And and it's not even. It's not even. They've been told go find a person. It's just this drive, this subconscious subroutine yeah. that is that is going for a thousand years. Go find your person, and and everywhere they look. Oh well, you know Joe found his person. Uh, Finch. There's a line that Finch uses uh, when you're when you're travel when you're just walking around the throne world. He talks about his buddy Ron, who found his guardian, and has already died, and Ron's gone, like. Yeah, Su- such um, long time searching and and looking and not finding anything, and it, it I think it leads to desperation, and, and we Absolutely. saw that with some of the lucent hive ghosts that we got stories about. Um, Absolutely, I think a lot of it's out of desperation, and you know when you have a when you have found a guardian, even if you realize it's not the perfect one. Like they're those ghosts are gonna do whatever they can to try and hold on to that connection and make that person be the perfect one. Um, is is so that's it. Messed up as it sounds, it's kind of like an abusive relationship at that point in a way. Yeah, absolutely. Like and and that's to me that's what it, it seems like. It's like that. Uh, you know, it, it's it's like 
if, if we if we take that analogy like like you know 20 parts you know this ghost has 15 parts and he's been searching for so long he couldn't find the other five to fit he found one with four and he's like right. ah that's good enough and just pick that one up and it turns out the fifth part is like a homicidal maniac part like <laughs> yeah you know but now he's stuck with him and 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 dude abusive relationship that's a that's a perfect term there that's a so and to to drive this idea home um there may also be some ghosts that their guardian doesn't exist anymore and what i mean oh, by that shit. is this entry also from ghost stories uh titled into the fray she wasn't ready but i had no choice the cabal mining rig was set to scorch the earth and then churn the soil to get whatever they were whatever they were after underneath. Problem was, my guardian, the one I'd spent a very long time looking for, was lying dormant in their path, a lifeless husk in need of a wake-up call before her remains were atomized and I was left for eternity without my chosen. Now there's a lot more to that card, where this particular guardian is quite a badass, actually. But, uh, this... Yeah. This bit implies that if something happens to the remains, if if the remains of the guardian, their the remains of their other half are atomized at the very least, they just are out of luck. Their their person's that would gone. Suck. Uh, and they're just left alone for eternity. And they might not even know it because this ghost saw that there was impending doom for their you know, would be guardian, but there's plenty of other ghosts that could be on a completely different planet doing their search when their guardian's remains happen to have something terrible happen to it and they would never know. And so they just search forever. That's, that's a hell of a lifetime. Mm Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a, Jesus Christ, that, (sighs) I don't have words. I, there, there are, there are no words to describe that. It, it makes it a lot more understandable that some of these ghosts that might be in this situation are a little more susceptible to the idea of maybe I should look outside of humanity. And then Ooh. you have the ones that have ended up with the hive. Sure, because there's only so much of humanity, right? Like, right. Human like if ghosts are infinite, humanity is a finite thing. I mean, mm-hmm. you can make more babies, but <laughs> I mean, yeah, but you need you need people around to do that, right? Uh, like, well, I mean, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, Clovis Bray would argue otherwise, but whatever. Well, Clovis Bray is a dick. So <laughs> Clovis Bray is fucking nuts. Uh yeah. So now, uh this doesn't mean though that some ghosts don't make that hard choice. Uh and I want to talk about one one such instance here to kind of close out our our ghost specific section. Uh this is also an entry from Ghost Stories entitled The Chosen's Choice. One winter night clad in golden armor he made war on a seaside settlement 
of fishers and spiritualists. Not a man, woman, or child survived. Flushed with the high of easy victory, he and his followers were ill-prepared for the fallen war party that, w- that had been stalking them these last few moons. It was a massacre atop a massacre. And only he, one of the risen, would walk away from this. She looked away from the human carnage surrounding her, looked down upon the one she chose, his golden armor dulled with the blood of his victims and his adorers, still reflects back to her the light of her single eye. He made his choice, and thus, so will she. She turns her eye away from him, away from herself, and floats eastward towards the rising light. So this is a ghost that their their guardian is is a monster. This is during the Warlord era, I, I assume. Right. Um, but who has decided, you know, to to walk away to to have eternity without their other half because they just can't put that evil on the world anymore. They just can't bear the carnage that's happening there. So it, it ghosts have that ability. They have that option. They, ab- they absolutely have like, free will. Everything yes. about this says proves that ghosts have free will. They can they can kind of come and go as they please. Uh, that they, they like. There's nothing tying them to whatever they've resed at all, other than you know once they've resed one, like that's what they're stuck with for life. And but they can obviously they can choose to be like well, fuck this and just turn tail. I say turn tail and, and flee, but it's it's more like a it, it's 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 less it's it's more than that. It's more than than just a giving up on their guardian. It's it's a and and especially in this sense, it's it's described as a like a you know I I can't do this. I can't let this thing that I've that I've brought into this world to this existence continue being as evil as it is. And so I'm just I I'm just walking away. Like I I because I have no other options. My only option is to walk away. And 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 as as the ghost put it, return to the light. Yeah, and I I think we can't understate, or we we can't overstate how big of a decision that is for for yeah. a ghost. In uh, based on what we've seen here. Um, you know, Finch described it as sharing his soul with a monster when he picked a hive knight. And, you know, humans can be monsters too. Uh, Absolutely. But to, to be, to be sharing a soul. Now, Sagira, you know, kind of poked fun earlier at the whole like, oh, so there are soulmate kind of thing. I think they kind of are. Maybe I, not I in a they, romantic sense, but in a like, but, uh, they but on a physical sense, like I think I think it's I think it's like a like an atomic like on an atomic level, right? Like it, it's it's not it's 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 more than a feeling. No, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's it it there's something there that is a physical connection that they they are truly one. Like, yeah. That's that's interesting to to think that it it goes beyond a a romantical sense of 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 soulmates 
and in and an actual like physical completion of soulmates. Like they are literally two two halves of a soul. I I think uh maybe another way for for people to think about it is to to these ghosts, certainly to our ghost in game and presumably all of the ghosts that when they pick somebody uh that that person they are picking to be the 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 best friend they will ever have in the entirety of their existence and when that choice is incorrect they have to leave that friend to die they they have to leave that friend dead like that is such a got to be such a a difficult uh situation to be in and i think that's why so many ghosts don't give up on their guardians or their light bearers despite the fact that they're doing terrible awful things because like they they can't they can't break themselves apart again sure they can't they can't make themselves a a, a lesser whole anymore yeah. like it, it that i I'm curious if it's a because it is like a physical thing like like if they were to physically break from that connection if 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 that I mean we're talking paracausal powers now like mm-hmm. we we genuinely don't know what that would mean because we don't have definitions for that like yeah no that's right? yeah so uh that kind of concludes our our discussion regarding the ghosts in particular. Um, okay. However, I do kind of have some final closing cards here that I, I wanted to read off that I think sum up uh, a perspective that we haven't really talked about thus far. Um, and that is the perspective of what does this all mean for right. the Guardians, for the Vanguard, for the people living in the destiny universe um and i'm gonna pull up because i'm realizing that one of them somehow missed my note here how uh, dare I'm gonna they pull up three cards or three cards that i want to read off uh all of these come from um the one of them comes from the or excuse me one of them comes from the collector's edition of the witch queen journal and the other two come from the collector's edition ARG uh that everyone got um a a what equated to a strip of paper that that the community right. had to like literally piece back together 30 the pages shred- of shredded documents the shredded pixelated sections of it yeah yeah uh and we got a bunch of really awesome um additional information out of that so which i just want to say the the whole thing with between jaleel um uh and jaleel that is yeah, dead orbit of, guy of dead orbit yeah yeah the the whole th- the whole interaction between him and Ikora in the last like four or five pages is just you you want some oh, mind blowing yeah. shit. Go read that. Yeah, I know it's it's pretty crazy. 
Uh, so the well, it's the least important of the three, so I'm just gonna reference it off memory instead of going verbatim. Um, How dare you! How dare you wreck <laughs> the integrity of this pro? No, no, that's fine. It, it's it's just some some context. Uh, so the first one I want to read comes from the ARG. And I, I'm not going to read the entirety of this one because it's very long, but the initial thing is there, there's a uh, guardian by the name of Ransom who is arguing to Ikora that the Elixni should be removed from the city because he and many others can, can never forgive the past atrocities of the Fallen. Sure. Um, and I mean, they're Ikora's... literally living with their demons at this point. Like that's a right. that's a hard thing to do. And Ikora uh, isn't necessarily responding to him, but she's writing to herself. It, it's a journal entry in this case, and she says, "Ransom's grievance with the Elixni is a rational one, but it would doom us to another cycle of conflict." The psychometer lets us glimpse ancient memory, not because the light cannot remember but because it chooses to relieve us of memory's grief. The glycon Velatus is infested with the residue of evil touch because the darkness is there, and the darkness remembers the suffering aboard, haunted like the nightmares of the moon. You win a game of Go by maximizing your own personal score, but I played for a joint good, a victory not described by the game's rules. Externality drove me to cooperate when I should have competed. One moves grace for Zavala so both of us could play a better game. And the drifter's poor ghost, after centuries hoping he would become a true guardian, after centuries of disappointment, it still sacrificed its own form to grant him another chance. This is why the light wipes away memory. It strikes away the pain of the past to break the pattern, to create the possibility of grace. This is why the dark remembers. We need to remember how we were hurt so we can avoid being hurt again. This is the message I need. Not some sophisticated exegesis of paracausal somatics. This one thought. Grace and memory. The light offers escape from endless silicic violence. The darkness remembers the hurt that was done to us so that we cannot be exploited by those who would hurt us again. We need the darkness to avoid being preyed upon by those who see the light as an opportunity to feed. But we need the light too. The light is the hope of grace through the grace of hope the possibility to be more than what reason allows us, because by acting unreasonably, we escape reasonable limits. This is how we reconcile light and dark. This is the message we must teach. So I'm not going to get too analytical into that bit, because there's another uh, section here that she kind of describes in more detail what she's inferring in that in that statement. Right. Um, well, and the whole thing uh, that's going on kind of, I say in the background of, of, of the journal and, and these pages, it's talking about a game that uh, this game of go 
that uh, Ikora and Zavala are playing, and Zavala gets pissed at her for making a move because it wasn't the most optimal move ever, and it didn't help her achieve the end goal of the game. Right. And it was a pointless move in, in was, his eyes. In, in his eyes, it was completely pointless. And Ikora, to her, she was like, well, I just wanted to see how that would play out. Like I like, and and it's interesting. That is literally what is happening with the gardener and the universe. Mm-hmm. That 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 is the gardener and the winnower are you know their universal game, their universal flower game. It boils down to the same difference in opinion of Zavala going. That doesn't help you win. the The rules of the game are to win the game, and Ikora saying. But what if there was a different win state? What yeah. if there was a different way to win that isn't in the game as it sta- as it stands right? I don't I don't know why I just made that connection of of the two of them playing the go and and Ikora making this move being the equate of of yeah the garden game. That's 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 really interesting there that I that I just now thought of that too. So the last bit, the last lore bit that I'm going to read tonight, um, this is also in the ARG. And to, to preface the bit I was trying to dig up but failed to do so in time, there is a, a, a new light by the name of Senaret who uh, sent a message oh, to Ikora yeah. saying that they were a low-power guardian and uh, they... You know, they're new and they're not really sure how to feel about stasis and, you know, like all of these bigger, higher power guardians are are do, are doing things and using stasis and, and other tools that like he's very uncomfortable with. Yeah. And 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 she she's a uh, she's an Egyptian, right? Like she's like a the, the whole thing with her with Cinnaret is that. Like even even the even the English that they use is kind of broken, but only because yeah. she's so old that English didn't exist. Right, like they talk she's about, from like she came from ancient, ancient Egypt. Egypt. Yeah, I love I love this Which one. Really I love cool. the idea yeah. of this one. I love that idea that 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 I mean theoretically a ghost can literally pick anyone, so why not pick a you know a mummified Egyptian? As long like as the remains are still intact, apparently that, that's enough. That blows my mind, man. That's awesome. Anyway, continue. So Ikora, after coming to this kind of revelation of how to, to reconcile the use of light and dark and what each might mean and why each might would be important, uh, she pens the following letter to Senaret, which is part of this, the ARG pages. It's a long one, but I think it's very important to read in full. So I'm going to do that. And, uh, you know, God help my voice. Okay. So, it goes as such. Dear Senaret, There is no such thing as a low-power guardian. There may be armor that you can't actuate or weapons, mechanisms you can't understand. There may be techniques you have yet to master and missions you dare not attempt, but the possibility of your light is unlimited. I mean this very seriously. A novice Go player has the exact same power to place stones as a nine-dan master. 
The only difference between them lies in their knowledge and the ability to choose. This is my firmly held and personal truth. The only difference in power between you and me lies in what we have learned and practiced. Not many guardians are brave enough to ask the questions you have. Maybe your age has done well by you. Your society might have been too small for leaders to rule you from far-off palaces. Maybe you were resurrected without any fear of bringing your concerts before your tribe. I often wonder how many of the attitudes of our past lives we bring into our rebirth, but investigating this would fall into the taboo against pursuing past lives, and no guardian would want to be told they retained ancient prejudices, even if the structures of power that once gave those prejudices their venom are long gone. This brings me to your treatment at the hands of other guardians. Their curiosity about the enemy is natural, and we cannot suppress the enemy's arguments. Uh, we cannot suppress the enemy's arguments without perversely amplifying them. Even I have begun to believe that our enemy may not be the darkness itself, but a power or principality that commands and rules in darkness. But you are right. Guardians do mistake the traveler's silence for weakness. They do see the constant necessity of violence and the rewards they reap through that violence as a reason to disdain peace and virtue as dull. Guardians want action and meaning and loot. All guardians have experienced devotion, sacrifice, and death. This separates us from the rest of humankind. But sometimes we let the separation divide us from the ordinary good of ordinary people. We forget what it means to live a peaceful life surrounded by the friends we choose. Because we can endure death and violence, we forget how horrible and final violence can be. The nature of your death, Senoret, means that you cannot forget that. You know that you were killed by other people, not by a great darkness from the stars. The question of how to live well in a universe of indifference, cruelty, and deprivation is the only question. The light does not offer us an afterlife or an otherworldly paradise. It does not give us throne worlds or pocket universes. The light tells us that paradise is something we have to make here. The darkness cautions us against mercy to our enemies. Are we fools for trying to be good when our very survival is at stake? Maybe. But the fact that our morals sometimes make it more difficult to survive is proof that we are truly good. There is not much commendable about doing a right thing when it is also the correct thing, tactically. When the good thing is also the hard thing, that is when the righteous are separated from the lost. <clears throat> Senoret, let me tell you something I have told no one else. I know that in the end, the darkness can win. Do you understand what I mean? By its very nature, the darkness is the judge of what will exist and what will pass away. In the end, there may be only darkness, because all that exists will remain only by its consent. But the light grants us freedom from existence alone as the measurement of our worth. 
Oh, evolution has made us afraid of non-existence, certainly. And it is good to fear and to avoid non-existence, because without existence, we cannot experience joy. The idea that death is an escape from suffering is a trap. Death is not an escape from anything. It is a wall, a cessation, meaningless. I do not embrace death. There is no possibility in death. Life is our only chance to live. Darkness helps us avoid death. It helps us to go on existing. It is necessary. We must remember what hurts us so we will not be hurt again. But darkness alone points to an eternal existence of mere survival, to a universe where the only judge of a good existence is the ability to go on existing. It is the grace on the light that grants us the dignity to choose a finite line of compassion and common good over an eternity of competitive subsistence. The darkness of the beginning that of the darkness of the being that speaks for it claims that the extermination of all those who choose the light is inevitable, that the universe will be inherently by morally impoverished advantage like the will be inherited by the morally impoverished advantage seekers like the vex and the hive. Logically, I cannot see an escape so long as I accept the darkness's logic. But this is why we fight, Senoret, not to preserve our own lives, but to preserve the possibility that we represent. When all choices are measured by their fitness payoff, by what they do to benefit the continued existence of the chooser, the darkness has won completely. The most important thing we can do, the most formidable blow we can strike against our true enemy, is to offer irrational grace to choose unreasonable hope and unreasoning compassion, even if it goes against calculated advantage. It is only by disregarding the logic of mere survival that we can create a possibility of existence outside of that logic. So, if they do not offer you a spot at the campfire, if they call you naive, they dislike your complaints about the casual violence of the casually violent, if they quote from the unveiling texts, tell you that the gardener lost because it always stopped to offer peace, and the winnower always struck then, ask who they would rather sit by at the fire, the gardener or the winnower. Then ask them if they would like to live in a universe where no one ever sits beside anyone else at the fire. Never forget that even in the miserable logic of the prisoner's dilemma, it is the cooperators who create the best world. Two cooperators will score higher together than two defectors ever could. A world of cooperation would defeat a world of defectors if the defectors could only be kept away from the cooperator's bounty. Never forget that what we achieve together, what we accomplish by, leave, by leavening darkness with light and light with darkness, Tempering grace with memory and memory with grace is quite literally more than the darkness alone can ever manage. The hive may have extinguished entire galaxies of allied life, 
But before the hive game, before the hive came, those ecumene accomplished titanic works. What did the hive have to show for all their conquest? Miserable warrens and rotting moons? Even their libraries are just catalogs of death. Even their queen wants a way out. Never give up hope. If it is possible to live well, then it is worthwhile to try. If it is possible to exist by the rules of light, then darkness is forever defeated. It cannot dominate all things for all time. Above all else, when you are in the deepest pits of despair, I offer this. I believe that there is no reason the traveler chose to make it stand here at Earth instead of at Reese or any other world before. I do not believe in any specific quantity it detected in humanity, nor any great tactical advantage the traveler gained by vouchsafing its power to us. It did not release its ghosts as a move in a scheme of incomprehensible complexity or because we fit the criteria of an ancient plan. It did not compute the set of contingencies which could permit its own survival, a one-in-a-trillion pathway through a thicket of certain death. I believe the Traveler simply could not bear to abandon one more infant possibility, so it chose an act of unreasonable grace. Holy shit. I I have nothing to break down in that one. That's just like Jesus. I I have nothing to break down in that one. That was just That was uh that was a longer reading than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. I I I think that was warranted. That was that was beautiful. I I might be crying right now, but I don't know. Uh, so it all all boils down to this idea that while the darkness allows us to ensure our survival the light offers the ability to have unreasonable hope and forgiveness to build that gentle kingdom ringed with spears. Jesus. Uh, Need a little bit of air from that one. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, we did it. We did it. I think we have, we have officially finished our series on the light and dark. We have broken it down into, into every... We, we've defined what the light is. We've defined what the dark is. We've defined what the witness is. We've defined what the traveler is to the best that we can. Uh, we've defined ghost. We've, we've put all this together. We've asked the questions, you know, what, is it, what does it mean? What does it mean, all of this crap? Like, what, is, is, this, is this all just fluff for the sake of fluff? Or is it like, what does it mean? And I think there's a lot of really cool... Uh, uh, and 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 really unique ideas in here and and they parallel our 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 universe our our the, our own existence right like there's there's a lot of stuff in here that can be taken as yeah. a, at face value but can also be looked at at a at a deeper sense and i think that's what we always try to do that here is is we try to we try to do these deep dives we try to 
dig into this. Like, what does it mean to be good? What does it mean to be of the light? What does it mean to be of the dark? What, what does it even mean anything to to be light or dark? Are we all just teabagging fools in Crucible twenty four seven? Is that what's going on here? Right? Like, that's what what does it mean? Um, but yeah, no, I, I, shit, speechless, no words. Yeah, uh, I guess I guess we'll close this one out then. Yeah, say so I think uh, I think that's that's where we're gonna end for tonight, and that's will be Sweet. the 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 end cap on our our light and dark series uh, until we learn more, hopefully in yeah. lightfall. Uh, yeah, and then we can see how right or wrong we were. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and. <laughs> <laughs> if our past uh, episodes and predictions are anything to go off of, we kind of know what the fuck we're talking about. It's super cool when we get proven right. <laughs> um, okay, well, uh, I guess with that, then uh, I'll start thank yous. Um, so I'm, I've got I've got two big thank yous tonight. Uh, the first one is going to be to everyone out there that listens to us. I, I, we stated at the beginning of this episode, I cannot state how ecstatic and humbled I am that we have reached over 10,000 plays. I, I, that's, I know in the grand scheme of the entire universe and the entire world, that's, that's just a pinprick. But I mean, to us, that's, I mean, I can't even count 10,000 people that I know on one hand. Like that's, I mean, partly because I only have five fingers on one hand, but I mean, if I ran through all my fingers and all my toes, I still wouldn't get to 10,000 because I only have 20. Anyway, not the point. The point is you guys are awesome. And without you guys, we are literally just two guys rambling at each other and and telling each other these really cool stories and coming up with these really cool theories uh, that we hope are 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 reaching all of you that are that are that are you know that that that's more that's that's maybe 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 this inspires some someone down the road to go. Well, I I want to dig into this. I want to look into this lore. I want to you know I want to see how what this means to me. What does this mean to life? You know whatever. Like that's that's cool. I think I think I think that's really cool. That's a really cool thought. So, again, thank you to all of you out there. Um, I, I I know last episode we 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 kind of talked that we were going to do something crazy or something cool for ten thousand, but we we Myth and I are kind of brainless on this one. We don't, we don't know what to do. So, uh, a thank you is is the least that we could do for y'all. Um, so yeah, so thank you again. Um, my second thank you is. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I, this is, this is a weird thank you. Um, thank you to, no, I don't have anything. I'm just kidding. I don't, I don't really have a second. Thank you. <laughs> I guess I'll just give it to myth. Cause I don't have anyone better to give it to. No, that's, that's rude. Oh, that's okay, mean. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, no. Uh, my second thank you is going to be to, to the witness actually. Uh, and the traveler, uh, and and our and our ghost, uh, because I think the three like, again, I don't think you can take the ghost with the without the traveler, and you can't take the traveler without the ghost. Like the two of those, I I feel like those. I I think that that is one theory that over in in some amount of time we are going to find that that is a a a logical theory that might prove to be right. Um. So yeah, thank you. To, thank you to the. We'll call him. Two and a half of you, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to to think about it. Matthew, got any 
say i'm just gonna parrot what's been said already uh Thank you to everyone that listens to our crazy asses. Uh, 10,000 plus is a number I can't even, I still can't even wrap my head around that there are that many people that have listened to us, uh, or or that many times that people have listened to us, I should say. Uh, It is incredible and just amazing. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So... Yeah, uh, thank you so very much to everybody out there that that has listened and and will hopefully continue to do so. Um, yeah, I I have said it in our previous episodes. I'm gonna say it again here. If you want to reach out to us, uh, can be a, a question about something. It can be a a theory of your own. It can be just a a message saying, "Hey, I enjoy what you guys do," or "Hey, you guys inspired me to go, you know, dig into this stuff deeper." All of that stuff is awesome and makes our day. So I would love to hear from you guys. Uh, we've got a Twitter running. Uh, it is at Myths and Stories, spelled with a Z, the same way the title of the show is. Um, so maybe drop us a line there if uh, if you or if you are are feeling the feeling in the mood to do so. But otherwise, I I think that's it. Alrighty. Well then, from all of us Lord Nerds, to all of you Guardians out there, we'll see you next week.